and welcome to tonight's episode of Trigger, episode number eight. I'm Zachary Clark, and y'all know my co-host by now, Adam Merle T. Furman, the first. Okay. How you doing tonight? That sounds, <laughs> that sounds fine. Uh, I'm doing all right. Sweet. Just ate a breakfast burger. It's pretty good. A breakfast burger? What is a breakfast yeah. burger? Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's just your standard cheeseburger, and then you got, like, uh, your fried egg on it, maybe some hash browns, you know. I see. Well, that's interesting <laughs> that you're eating that since Arbogenic. we're coming to you live Good. from the heart of a dying star. <laughs> oh, jeez. Didn't know you could get breakfast burgers in the heart of a dying star, but. Yeah, is that is that black hole? Are we at black hole level or no? Well, I don't know. It depends. I believe that there are several ways a star can die, depending on the mass. Mm. Uh, it can collapse into a neutron star. Oh, yeah. Or a also a pulsar. I don't or, know what that is. Uh, it's like a... It, I don't know. I'm not a... <laughs> you don't know either. <laughs> I'm not an astrophysicist. <laughs> How am I supposed to know these things? Ah, uh, I thought you were an astrologist. Astrologist? They would know. Yes, I've studied the deep <laughs> mysteries of astrology, and uh, as a Capricorn, I can tell you, <laughs> full stop, that when stars die, they always turn into <laughs> black holes. Holy no, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think only if a star is big enough. It'll explode, and then all of the mass will concentrate into a singularity from which yes. not nary a ray of light can escape. Correct. But, that's not happening yet. Dying, not dead. This star still has some life in it. And so do we. Oh, goody. Goody. <laughs> Are you still on vacation? Uh, after today, I'll be done. Oh, I mean, sweet. you know, I'll be back one day. I need my, uh, my cohort back to commiserate about my suffering. Oh, okay. That's enough. <laughs> uh... Alright, well, let's, <laughs> let's get into it. First up tonight, we have something new from the Scanner. Scanner Radio. <laughs> yeah, you may, uh, you may know from past episodes or just from being a fan of the Scanner that it's often uh, we run into situations where there's hammer fights, bat fights, uh, you know, all sorts of fun oh, stuff. Yes. In recent news, we've had a, a pipe fight, resulting in a possible broken jaw. A, a pike? A I'm pipe. sorry, Zachary, I cannot, see, I cannot see your screen. I just see myself. But, oh. so I can't see what the scanner radio said. Oh my gosh. Um, Rife with technical difficulties. <laughs> to, yeah, that's, that's fine to maintain it. Just also, <laughs> just make sure it's clearly red so that I can... <laughs> All right. Uh, it says, 3,700 block of Tonja Drive. Male, hit in the face with a pipe. Possible broken jaw. Oh, pipe. Pipe. 
Oh what did you think gosh. I said? What, what was pike? pike? Oh my gosh, a pike? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's a pike fight. No, no, I'm no, like, no. oh my gosh, that's deadly. Pike. <laughs> that's like medieval skirmishes going on. Yeah, well, I don't know. Pikemen and whatever. It could be happening. Yeah. <laughs> In our very streets tonight. But no, this is a pipe. Pipe fight. Guy uh, hit in the face with a pipe. Possible broken oh jaw. Police department en route. EMS transported the fine gentleman to the ER. Uh, we don't know any more details of that, so I don't want to speculate about what exactly happened. I mean, that uh, gentleman the other night was defeated uh, by a lamp. So, <laughs> yeah. hard, hard to oh, say what exactly, uh, what exactly was happening here. <laughs> oh, this time is amazing. I agree completely. You know, I was uh, on the fence about this town when I first moved here. I don't know how you <laughs> felt. Yeah. I distinctly remember you uh, you posting a picture of, <laughs> of a bunch of snakes outside of uh, in your bush. And you're like, I can't believe this is... <laughs> he said something like, hey, here it is, the Gem City. And there's just like a bushel of snakes all hidden in that bush. That shrub, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly the scenario, because once again, my expertise is not in, uh, you know, zoology, or what have you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there was a plethora of garter snakes that resided in my yard when I lived at that other house. Yeah. We had a snake bush. They would uh, <laughs> get in, into the bush and, and sun themselves. And there would usually be two or three in there on a nice sunny day. Yeah, they would they would mate on my back deck. There would be <laughs> snakes yeah, do, okay. doing the devil's dance on my back deck. <laughs> but saying that they were serpents. Oh my gosh! Eating dust all the days of their life. But uh, apparently, uh, uh, snakes hibernate in mass groups called a hibernaculum. Uh, and I believe that there was probably one in my front bushes. And they would sleep in there through the winter, and when the winter ended, they'd come out. And so that's the resulting thing that we had going on there. I believe, being... Yeah. Uh, as as referenced before, not not a zoologist as such, though I dabble in a, a great many fields, as you'll find out tonight. Oh my gosh! Uh, in other local news, you may have heard this, but uh, our dear mayor Kyle Moore has decided he will not seek a third term. He won't seek re-election. He said in this statement that yeah. uh, if he was to run and his name was on the ballot, then the election would be made about all those people who just don't like him personally and not about moving this great town forward. So now it's up to Brendan Cook 
and that 17-year-old gentleman that we referenced uh, in, I believe, our first or second episode. So the field... Yeah, uh, yeah. This, it was, a, was it a Brennan Hills? Yeah, that sounds right. Let's see if it says. I can look. Yeah, Brennan Hills and Brandon Cook. 32-year-old Brandon oh, Cook and 17-year-old Quincy High School student Brennan Hills are the current two candidates for mayor in this yes. town. So if you're interested in being mayor, now's the time to strike because you have to battle a, <laughs> a 17-year-old high school student and Brandon Cook, who I, I don't know anything about. Maybe he's really popular. We need to really yeah, brush up on our local I, uh, politics. Definitely. Uh, I called, I made sure, Zachary, I don't know about you, but I made sure that I was registered to vote. I called them up. Uh, I called the clerk's office and I said, hey, this is my name. Am I registered to vote? And they looked it up and they said, oh, yeah, you're good. And I said, I lost my voter registration card. Unfortunately, I don't know what to do. What should I bring? And they said, you don't need to bring anything. And I said, That's not, that sounds wrong. Like, uh, uh, do I need an ID or anything? They said, no. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Uh, they said how they verify it is they... They, they verify your signature when you get there with the signature they have on file. But I don't remember ever doing a signature there. So, I don't know. That's a mystery. Only Not at all. if you're Not at all in the dark about the way that the voting system works here in this great state of Illinois. I guess I am in the dark. You worked in the Capitol. How does it work? Uh, I don't know. I didn't work in any kind of voting situation, but I've voted a number of times, enough times to know how it works. Plus, I've registered. And what you do is, when you sign up to vote for the first time and register, you have to sign a thing, and they take that exemplar signature of yours, and they put it in a book along with your name and your address. Uh, and it's associated with you at that point. All right. And whenever... I never did that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I did it. Uh, it was automatic with the DMV. Correct. Did you with, sign uh, anything at the DMV? Uh, no, it was online. Your driver's license doesn't have your signature on it? Absolutely not. I don't know. You're I, a liar. I'd have to go check. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah, That's how they get you. Uh, I'd have to look. I'd have to look. Um, right. <laughs> give, give me a minute. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, he's vanished. I'm not gonna um, take my word for this. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, uh, you know what? I do see. I do see my signature on my driver's license. Yeah, the Secretary of State's office and the DMV all linked up together with the voter registration rules a number of years ago. With oh my the gosh, it's... Motor Voter Initiative. You may yeah. have heard of this branding. Yeah. So that you can register to vote every time you get your license renewed. And it was uh, pushed to get all those people that are unregistered registered. <laughs> so oh you can now, when you get your license renewed, register to vote. And I always. And like every time you get a move, you have to get a new driver's license updated with your new address. And so you can then register at your new address. Right. Whenever you do that, it's 
convenient and nice. That's what happened with me. But yeah, no, you don't need to bring anything in because they have the book. And the book says Adam Furman. And it says, yeah. I live at this address and this is my signature. And then the, you have to go in there and you have to sign a paper right in front of them. And they look at it and they say, <laughs> this signature looks like Adam Furman's signature or close enough. Yeah. And it's the, he's at the correct precinct. <laughs> So, uh, I think that in-person voting is pretty safe. But, you know, questions have been raised <laughs> about the uh, safety of, and security of other types of voting. You may have heard the president himself has been uh, accused of escalating attacks on election. Attacks? Yeah. They're, the president... Uh, attacks on election prompt fears of a constitutional crisis. He's not going to engage in a peaceful transfer of power. Oh, yeah. What refused, <laughs> refused when directly asked, would he accept the outcome of an election? He said, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's plotting to retain the office by force regardless of what the people vote come November. That's, that's blatantly obvious. Yeah, oh, that's exactly, exactly what happens. It's Power the, grab. No garbage questions by the journalists at all, you know. Orange Hitler showing his true colors. <laughs> oh my goodness. There'll be camps before you know it. <laughs> They've already come right. <laughs> no, no, no. Where, what camps are you discussing? Because there are several uh, conspiracy theories and legitimate camps that do exist. Are you talking about the border camps that are worse than Auschwitz? <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's Birkenau down in Brownsville, oh, Texas. They're worse worse who said that i don't know people are can't uh, imagine that. hyperbolizing the yeah. uh, situation wherever it exists i did hear for a minute about uh like literally just like a day about uh uh forced hysterectomies on people i did see something about that but i have no then, idea like nothing then nothing about it nothing it's like, oh my gosh, there's these things. Uh, anonymous sources saying this or whatever. And then it's like, nothing. And so... It, is someone, someone going to look into that or no? I saw a great thing the other day. It was... Uh, this guy, he was a Reagan uh, advisor. And I don't know. But he was talking to some people. And, and he had this fun little parable. And it, and it was a story that went like this. An atheist got his first Bible, and he read it from cover to cover, diligently studied every chapter and verse. And as he turned the last page of Revelation, he took out his pen and made but one note in the margin. It said, important, if true. And that applies to basically all of this stuff. If the government is forcing against the wishes of an individual medical treatments, 
that are hysterectomies for some reason. What's the purpose? I don't. I, my mind was bottled. I bottled up. I didn't understand. Why would they be spending? Oh, it's expensive to to execute a hysterectomy on a person. Yeah. If you're just trying to sterilize them, I mean, you got better ways of doing that. So I was unclear about. This yeah, story doesn't make any sense to me. I have no idea what's happening. But if they are, I mean, yeah, then that's weird and bizarre and bad. I agree. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just uh, it was just a strange thing that like happened for a day, and then it's just like nothing, nothing out there. It's like uh, is someone gonna do, someone gonna do some like 1940s reporting on this, or it's just gonna pretend like it it doesn't even exist anymore. It's gone. It's gone. We don't need to worry about this anymore. We're moving on. Trump said that when asked if there was going to be a peaceful transition and he wouldn't challenge the results of an election, he said, we'll see. So that's the news now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a compound question anyway, so objection. Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It was obviously a trap. Oh, definitely. And depending on where you stand on Trump, he either sniffed it out. Uh, obviously, this is a tricky trap by these tricky journalists, and they're just trying to bait me into some sort of uh, catch-22 situation. Oh, definitely. Trump said, he said he'll re- abide by the results of the election no matter what, so then we can say uh, and report that the election results are legitimate to everybody. Mm-hmm. Or, Trump said... He wouldn't abide by it. That means that he's going to cling to power like some sort of sub-Saharan African dictator. And uh, yeah, yep. Jail or kill all opposition. Maybe, and I don't know, because maybe. the other news that I was reading was indicating to me that maybe there be grounds for challenging the legitimacy of an election of an election conducted by the males oh yeah but i don't know i mean i mean you know he was attacking the post office about a month ago or so and now there's nothing on that i don't know right well Uh, once again once again we need some 1940s style journalism Within our lifetimes, and it was very prominent at the time, and people still bring it up occasionally, there was an election at the turn of the millennia that came down to the votes cast in but one state in this great country of ours. Yes, there's a key phrase, key phrase, hanging chads. That's exactly correct. (laughs) Should you accept the outcome of an election wherein there is a question about the validity of the results? And that is the underlying question that the journalists aren't asking or talking about. If there was rampant fraud and the results of an election are not reliable, should you accept them regardless? Is the real question that they asked the president. And uh, he might have reason to believe that it wouldn't be. This one case, you may have heard, in Pennsylvania, they found a number of ballots opened and discarded at the all cast for President Trump. Other cases, apparently, in Texas, 
just uh, two days ago, there was another situation in Wisconsin where trays of mail, including absentee ballots, found in a ditch in Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. I've been, I've been seeing little bits and pieces uh, of <laughs> stuff like that. The thing I saw that rang true for me. I would not send any sum of money uh, greater than what I would give to a child for their birthday through the mail because uh, I believe it would be stolen. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the level of trust that I have with the post office. I, they do a fine job getting it there, but I don't trust that somebody's not going to open it up and steal a bit. I've had packages lost and then show up. Uh, I ordered a I ordered a comic book uh, back in I don't know beginning of June, and then uh, it was just lost. It was just lost, and I actually got my refund from Amazon for it. And then I don't know, it's like a month and a half later, it showed up at my doorstep. Uh, so I got a free comic book. That's kind of cool. But uh, it's like, how did you lose a whole thing for a month and a half, and then it just randomly showed up? This is this is oh, what I'm saying. So the the system itself fraught with peril and creates yeah. a uh, a doubt. Let's say now I, as an American citizen, don't know to the extent that I knew before that the mail in voting and <laughs> the voting is secure, free of fraud, and that the right. results actually represent. The, vet, the votes cast. You have a certain amount of right. assurance, as we talked about, wherein if you have to go in to the place, the, the voting place, write your name down and they can compare your signature and it's Adam Furman and his address is the address in this precinct and he's the guy casting the vote. And no one else can come here and say that they're Adam Furman and cast a vote because that guy already right. voted. He, we marked him off. Yeah, well, I have my ID anyway, so, like, I, I can bring that, too. But, uh, yeah, your point still stands. Yeah. And this is weird because for the last decade plus, people have been pushing for IDs and other things to make in-person voting more secure because they were questioning the validity of the election outcomes, even having that scenario in place. Even having the situation... Where are you yeah. Adam right. walks look in. At the, look at the dead people who voted up. Who voted in uh, Chicago in the, in the 1960 election. You know? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, it could have been, like, it, it, it could have slash should have been Richard Nixon who won that election. It could have changed the course of history. Wait, didn't he win the election? Which one? 60 was... Right. Kennedy. 1960 was Kennedy and yeah. Kennedy and Nixon, yeah. Uh, Nixon won in, uh, I believe it was 68, uh, when he faced, uh, uh, is it McGovern? No, it's not McGovern. Was it McGovern? Johnson bowed out at the last minute or so, and uh, someone else ran. That sounds Nixon. right. <clears throat> so, anyways, yeah. Right. Over the last decade, people have been pushing to make it more secure. They've been purging voter rolls too, um, which have—it's uh, funny because some of those, 
some of those voter rolls have like fictional characters as part of it. Uh, you know, real secure. Well, it's not just that, but there's people that are registered in more than one voting locale. They move states, right. and they don't get taken off of Iowa when they move, you know, down the border to Missouri. Right. Nothing nefarious. No, nothing nefarious on like that voter's part necessarily. Right. You know, they just moved, and the they didn't get. You know, it's still according to the system that they're still in more than one location. But then you could. Um, <clears throat> You can look that stuff up online uh, through, like, uh, this is how I verified my voter registration, is that uh, there's, like, some inter-agency uh, conglomerate of, like, Secretary of States and stuff, and uh, I just input my stuff on, uh, I, I went through whatever and got to the Illinois election body or whatever it's called, and then uh, entered my information on there, and it, it, it popped up the precinct that my wife is on so I knew that I knew that that I was accurate um but it's like uh if someone has your past uh, information they could verify if you're active in more than one location and then they could perhaps uh I mean I don't know there's a whole bunch of garbage on the dark web so uh they could sell your Sell your status, sell your information to to others to possibly vote for a different candidate, maybe in a hot county or a swing state, um, to uh, to move those electoral votes. Absolutely, I can see that, uh, and the way that the technol technology is aggregated across the states. It would make it easier to be able to do that or to identify those areas wherein uh, fraud could be leveraged to manipulate the electoral system. Uh, which it would make sense to create then improvements and efficiencies. So you don't want your voter rolls to hold people that aren't uh, supposed to be voting there anymore. Makes sense to purge them. Right. I don't understand the opposition to these sorts of things other than there's a sense that there is overzealous purging. And so just because somebody hasn't voted there in, you know, four elections doesn't mean that they won't next time. Right. Reason. No, I get I understand. I understand. So, yeah, I mean, if you put if they still live there, then they should be purged. Right. You have to put uh, conditions in place, safeguards that we can all agree there are certain people that shouldn't no longer be registered to vote in this precinct if they don't live here anymore. Easy enough. Right. I don't I don't know. I think that behind the legitimate arguments that we might make, we might say that obviously this makes sense. There is also electioneering and politicking because and this is just the feel. I don't know why this would necessarily be true because I think it would greatly depend on the whatever jurisdiction you're in and the demographics, but that the, the liberals want as many people registered as possible regardless because they think that will help them. And the Republicans want to restrict that as much as possible and limit the number of people that can vote because that would help them. Even though that doesn't make sense on a grand scheme to me, only if you limit it, say, and in such ways that those uh, high 
liberal uh, population centers have restricted voting, but the Republican ones wouldn't because you wouldn't want to restrict the voting for your people. So it doesn't make sense uh, from a uh, sim from a just like trying to puzzle it out for me. So I don't understand the arguments. Yeah on the left-right spectrum that Republicans want nobody to vote and Democrats want everybody to vote because if that were true across the board, then assuming, as the voting trends have indicated, that it's very close to 50-50 split uh, in the country about who wants to vote for a Republican and who wants to vote for a Democrat, that if you maximize the number of people voting, it's just going to continue that regardless. What do I know? I'm not a pollster. I'm not entirely sure how the world works. <laughs> they don't either. They don't, don't let them fool you. They don't either. Right. But there are uh, questions, uh, and this happens too, because people who are registered in two places have, in the recent past, voted in both jurisdictions against the law and have been caught. So there are these isolated in incidents of in-person voter fraud. And yeah. on, on top of all that, they've decided that this election, for fun, because it's not going to be controversial in itself, we should do it all through the mail without yeah, any trials for just the first time. Very, very strange. Didn't Illinois, I thought I remember earlier this year or something, maybe it was last year, uh, where they found that there was a bunch of uh, there was a there was fraudulent voting in Illinois that people double voted. Yeah, they found it in a number of places, but it's not in any numbers that would, in general, sway any sort of sure. other elections. Right, right, right. Sure, that so would never happen. The. Uh, the difference between who won and lost is usually much greater than any uh, even extrapolation of the amount of fraud committed in an election. Because, right. as discussed, it's very hard to do in general. You have to have a guy go to a place and cast their ballot. This, this guy's going to vote for me this year. We're registering him. Yeah, unless you're unless you're F FEC, get get on the horn, investigate this. <laughs> yeah, unless you're going through the mail. Well, they've always had absentee ballots and things. I voted absentee, right. I think, for President George W. Bush uh, back in the day when I was at my escuela colegio. How old are you? <laughs> um, Was that? No, that couldn't have been. There's no way I you graduated voted for that. in 2001, so that would have had to have been. Uh, yeah, that would have been against Kerry and Bush. Yeah, Kerry Bush. That's. I was, I was like, there's no way. There's no way you voted in that election. Oh four. Two thousand. I think I just missed that one. Right? How old was I? <laughs> Quick. Uh, oh my gosh, I do this math. Uh, we're going to abandon this line of question. Your last four social security number and uh, 
All right, let's check the let's check the chat. Uh, I was. Why are you doing that? No, oh, there's nothing here worth even talking about. Oh no! My audio was apparently low. Is my audio still low, chat? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I got a new microphone because of uh, secrets, but those will be revealed when the time is right. Speaking of the time is right, the president thought that the time was right following the uh, the death of long-standing uh, Supreme Court Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to appoint a new judge. We're going to find out for sure tomorrow at 5 p.m. what uh, the president uh, has decided. But there was a leak, and the news is out, that Amy Coney Barrett will be named as the nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett uh, was a... What? Associate Judge. She's an Associate Justice on the Seventh Circuit. I don't Uh, think she... Isn't she the Chief Judge? uh, I think... I want to say... I want to say, like, uh, Diane... Diane Wood? Isn't she the Chief Justice? Maybe I'm making maybe that's not a real person. I am ninety percent um, sure that Amy Coney Barrett is the chief judge. She is of not. She is not. But I can like look it up. I'm on my phone, so it might look a little weird. But you still see me? Yeah, you're sideways. Hold on, you're fixed. Oh, uh, am I? Am I fixed? I don't yeah, know. you're fixed. Uh, okay. Uh, here I'm just I'm just looking some Google this stuff up. Seventh. Uh, Circuit. Uh, Seventh Circuit. Who is the Chief Justice? Uh, Chief Judge. Oh, Diane Sykes. I don't know why I said Diane Wood. Chief Judge is Diane Sykes. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was her. Maybe they rotate. Nope. Uh, and uh, Easterbrook is too old. He's the senior <laughs> yeah, I mean, judge. I'm, no, but like he's. Oh, Diane Wood is on there. She's just not the chief judge. Um, I don't know why. So, uh, I say Easterbrook is pretty, a uh, uh, pretty decent judge in my opinion. Um, and then I don't recognize a lot of these names. I feel like. Um, oh well, you know who who's who's not on there is. Uh, um, there you go. Is <laughs> Justice Posner? Oh, he who, did retire. Uh, that man was, was losing yes. his mind at the end there. Retired. <laughs> he re- he retired. Yeah. Uh, something about when you get reversed by your own circuit or something. He, Is that what happened? He, he lost a couple steps. Well, he's not the only one. You may have uh, heard our Speaker of the House <laughs> in the news interview. She, she apparently, oh my gosh! Good morning. She apparently rebooted in the middle of the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so strange. They were just talking, and then uh, there was a pause, and then Nancy Pelosi just said, "Good morning, Sunday morning." 
<laughs> What's going on? I don't want to speculate. <laughs> but I don't think that uh, politicians ought to be serving in government until they're 80. These folks need to retire. Go out to the farm. Enjoy your <laughs> twilight <the> years. Farm? <laughs> ah, we don't need to off them like, <laughs> like in The Giver after they stopped contributing to our, uh, no, our society. No, that was a... Uh... Oh my gosh, it's it's like funny, ha ha ha. You first time you see it, and then like you watch it again, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? No, every time I see that stuff, and it started. I mean, I don't know, cause the the latest stuff's been putting this to shame. But I remember when Trump was running the first time, and they had all of his foibles, and they would line him up about this incomprehensible nonsense he was gibbering. On and on about, <laughs> over and over again. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I it's it's it is literally incomprehensible nonsense. But then you see the stuff that happens nowadays, and it's like, Joe Biden says that two hundred million people are going to die before the end of his his speech. He's <laughs> yeah. <giving. laughs> I was like, oh, that's like a was that two thirds of the country or something? I don't know. There's a very these old people need need to go to the farm, and we need to get people that actually have uh, stable minds to to govern the country. Oh my, I'm I'm not very uh, I'm not very confident in the way that the world's working right now. Uh, uh it's a little bit, it's a little bit like California. There's just fires everywhere. Well, it's fine as long as they stay in California. Don't be bringing that nonsense to an area where it might impact me. I'm Hashtag metaphorically, <laughs> metaphorically, fires everywhere. Literal fires everywhere. If you're in on the west yeah. coast, there. Yeah. But uh, Amy, Co a, what? Oh, I was gonna say it's a little bit of a tangent here, but there's uh, new barbers who moved into town. Zach, uh, they're from California. Barbers. Uh, Barbers, yeah, they they open up shop. Uh, I took my I took my boys to see them uh, to get their haircut because they were getting long, anyways. And I was like striking up a conversation with them. They said that they uh, they moved here because they liked the small town, they liked the, the conservative values and whatnot. And they're like, uh, they said that, uh, how Illinois is rich in history compared to California, and uh, <laughs> they said that they, well, they they said that they moved here to quote escape the california hellscape i mean those are like exact words that they use and i was like oh what do you mean and they're like like oh it's, it's really 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 bad out there it's been getting it's been going bad for you know for a while but this past past month is just this people people need to leave i'm like oh i heard a little bit about that i just didn't think it was really and he just looked at me dead straight he's like oh it's real people are just like flooding leaving the state so, Too bad they but, didn't do it last year. You can you, help uh, us out in the census situation we're doing. <laughs> but if you ever want to get a straight shave, uh, Zach, we can go there. Um, like, I, like I've told anybody who will listen to my insane street preacher act, I'm not. No, no. I'm like Samson until the government gets its coronavirus boot off my neck. As long as yeah, we're like in some sort of lockdown restrictions... 
this is what you're gonna get, folks. <laughs> Again, uh, <laughs> no, that's never gonna happen. But anyways, justice, justice. Well, there's more days, I guess. Ah, yeah. So justice. <laughs> you're gonna be told. You're gonna be told. Hey, you need to go get a haircut. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I think that the <laughs> the lockdown's actually been helping me get get away with this for as long as I can. My supervisor hasn't laid eyes on me in, in over two weeks, so. <laughs> Beneficial, in one regard, anyway. But. Yeah, what was that? What was that one guy? Uh, <clears throat> oh, your guys' hair is getting pretty long. If they, if they tell me to get a haircut, I'm just going to say I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time for me to retire. I, uh, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wonderful. Oh, did you want to actually plug, even though you've said all that stuff about the barbershop, the name of the barbershop? Oh, I, I, I got, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It is, uh, <laughs> it's Goldmine Barbershop on Main Street, 830 Main. Uh, it's pretty cool. We got the whole old school setup. They even got like the old school barber uh, 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 seats and whatnot. It's nice. Cool. Well, that'd be cool. Well, like, oh, those are like six great things, clips. Six anymore. things you can order there. So like it's it's very old school, cash only. Um, did they charge you over eight dollars for your haircut? <laughs> yes, they did. That's <sighs> nor normally normally haircuts cost more than eight dollars. So uh, <laughs> not, not where I'm from. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're out of the nineties, bud. Uh, we're, we're not voting for George Bush over. I want some, I want some half that you never even did that you never even did. I want some half trained wage slave to be like mal cutting my hair for less than $8. That's what oh. I'm, that's what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. You can go to, you can go to corporate cuts or whatever it's called, um, to get there. <laughs> there was a, anyway. <laughs> there was a guy. Last last haircut aside, I swear, guys. <laughs> there was a guy uh, in the town where my college was. He was a barber shop, and he didn't care who you were. If you went in there and you were a guy, you were getting a flat top. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, he'd be like, ah, oh, you know why? You don't know. You just like blend it with the top. Trimming I was like, alright, I got a me. <laughs> High and tight. Every time. I only went there one time. Good. I'm not paying eight bucks to have a flat top. I can give That's myself good. that with the What's no. that what was that device? They had like the vacuum cleaner attached to some clippers. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. It was like a shop back. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, it had like a you, pair of clippers. You, you cut your hair with the shop bag? No, 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 no. This was like a device. <laughs> it's like it's clean. It, it sucks up the the cut hairs. <laughs> and, you, and you got your hair with the clippers, like like you would anyway. No. In chat, let it, let us know if you remember what this device was called. Well, I can't recall. But anyway. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Did he have did he did he have a cigarette in the corner of his mouth while he did it? 
No, I don't think so. I don't. Uh, this was a number of years ago. I, I've become old. But Amy Coney Barrett, <laughs> presumptive nominee to the Supreme Court. We don't know yet until tomorrow at 5, but presumptive. And there was a lot of scuttlebutt last time that she should have been named instead of Brett Kavanaugh. But regardless, I believe that Trump was saving her for uh, when RBG passed away. Uh, there was some hullabaloo. Apparently, uh, during a commencement speech, I believe at Notre Dame University, Amy Coney Barrett said that as lawyers, our true calling wasn't the law, but to create the kingdom of God on earth. And uh, people were upset about this because they said things like, old Sherry Lynn here on the Twitter space. As a Christian, I find the idea of bringing the kingdom of God to earth a beautiful one. However, as a U.S. citizen, I believe in the separation of church and state. I find that idea expressed as part of the platform by a potential SCOTUS candidate incredibly disturbing. Oh. Wow. Now, I don't want to disparage old Sherry Lynn here too much, but SCOTUS candidates don't have platforms, and they aren't candidates. And she might just be confused about the nature of how the system works. Uh, uh, like, likely, uh, you know, she might not be a zoologist or an astrologist. Yeah. Or an astrophysicist. Very, very likely. <laughs> but... Uh, if this is true, exactly as she said it, that it, personally, as a Christian and as a devout Catholic, that she believes that her calling in life is to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. That yeah. doesn't mean, if you say that, even if you take that to the most extreme definition, that she's going to, as a Supreme Court justice, allow, I don't know, Whatever di dictates from her from her belief in biblical tradition or whatever dictate how the outcome of a uh, case should go. She's a judge. She's a lawyer. She's followed the law all the days of her life. You can go out there and read all of her opinions and articles and everything else. Yeah. She has her own judicial philosophy and how the yeah, law should be interpreted. Isn't it like uh, it's like a, a it's textualist, textualist, right? Uh, original public speaking, I think, or original uh, public. Uh, what's the what's the thing? Public meeting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there you go. That's what I'm, that's what I mean. Um, so I don't know. Uh, people wrote things. People wrote words when they wrote the things down, and. Uh, they envisioned a certain meaning behind those words when they wrote those down. Let's uh, let's take a look at those. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not very familiar with uh, Justice Barrett's jurisprudence, but I personally agree with her philosophy that uh, whatever your profession is, that isn't necessarily your calling in life. There's something deeper than, say, being a welder. Because you're welding stuff, that seems fine. 
and it's an important job, and you got to do it. But that doesn't—it uh, doesn't encompass yeah, why you're alive. <laughs> what no, is your mission well, on Earth, friend? Uh, Zachary, there's a uh, beauty in welding. I mean, you see some of those beads that some people throw down, and it's just—it's, uh, it's just—it's just so perfect. Oh uh, yeah, I, looks, I don't disagree. It looks so, uh, you know, it looks—it looks so uniform. Uh, I don't even know. I, I can't even. <laughs> I think I sent you a couple pictures of my love. Oh my gosh, look at this. <laughs> no. So, some well beads are literal art. Yep. Not only because of the consistency, uniformity of the dime-sized weld beads that are laid down across whatever seam they're doing, but even if they're, you know, just being fancy, throwing some art together, the color of the metal from the heat of the right. arc, those sorts of things. But there is a deeper purpose to your existence, and it isn't whatever rote uh, conduct that you're acting out in your daily life. And your mission is to find out what that is. Not just, you know, go through the motions until you die. Zach Clark's PSA for the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we got some comments. The vacuum hair clipper thing was called the flow bee. The flow bee. Okay. Not the shop vac. It was like a vacuum and it was attached to some clippers. <laughs> but people often say this and it's often the same, I don't know, because you should not use uh, religious doctrine as, on its face as such, as the uh, dictates to your legislative agenda or your executive agenda or how we should govern the country. You shouldn't say that Sharia law ought to be the law of the land because God wills it. It's not a deus volt charging into... This isn't a comment, I take it. No, no. What? I don't know. Okay. I'm just talking okay. here. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are secular principles at work. And it's not that you can't be influenced, but underlying the the idea. So let's say yeah. Sharia law should be the... That's all we need, whatever Sharia law is. Because I'm not tired of Sharia. Once again, I'm not an Islamic scholar. I don't entirely know exactly what Sharia law is. Well, let's say the Ten Commandments, then, something I'm a little more familiar with. If you want the Ten Commandments to be the law, which they are for the most part, so, I mean, kudos to you. You've almost got your way. <laughs> but if you want the Ten Commandments to be the law, you can't just say... In a country that can't be dictated to by revealed truth and what the Lord has dictated, you, you can't just say that God said that this is the way the law should be and that's the way it is because you can't use your God to dictate to other people how they need to live their lives. That is creating a, a theocratic state. You're using your religious doctrine to govern other people, regardless whether they abide or 
submit to to that doctrine. Which is why, well, like we talked about last time, a lot of people came here because that was the case. You live in England, and you're under the boot of the Anglican Church, and they say you need to yeah. do whatever the Anglicans say, and your other religions yeah. are not allowed. Persecuted right. well, to the point of genocide in some Between places. different branches of Christianity. Correct. But, extrapolating right. out, it could be anything. Right? Whatever your particular Maybe. religion is. So you can't just uh, say that because God says the law should be this, that means that that's the law we need to make. But you need to make, okay, underlying why we shouldn't kill each other, there is a non-revelatory principle at play here. What is that? What are we talking about? Yeah, well, there's, that's the thing that I think that you've got the church that's supposed to be uh, emphasizing. So you say things like, you know, uh, you know, thou shalt not murder, uh, thou shalt not covet, all those other things, and you say, oh, here's what the law should be, and uh, it's, <laughs> well, well, why are those things? Why shouldn't we be doing those things? And you say, oh, well, you know, if you can murder anyone for any reason. Uh, you know, then you're going to have problems in society. So, I guess to your point, there would be, uh, I, for lack of a better term, there'll be like secular or practical reasons why you wouldn't do that. It doesn't diminish from the fact that it's the 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 capital L law that uh, exists. Um, but me personally, I take I take issue to that uh, that tweet where it has a. Uh, did you say she was Catholic? Um, oh, Catholic I don't know. American? Uh, uh, the justices. The lady, oh, I don't right. know. She just said she was a Christian. She wasn't a okay. particular denomination in her tweet. Okay. I take issue. I, th I find it weird to say something along the lines of like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm Christian and I believe that we should bring forth the kingdom of God. But as an American citizen... I believe in the separation of church and state, which should, et cetera, et cetera, maybe prevent that. Um, you know, the Bible is very clear. It's, or Jesus says, <laughs> either for me or against me. So uh, either, you know, you're bringing forth the kingdom of God or you're not. So uh, in particular, the hot button issue of the day, uh, particularly with Barrett and juxtaposing her and contrasting her with Ginsburg, is uh, primarily with the issue of abortion, um, which is a pretty clear uh, position that the Catholic Church, not only the Catholic Church, but also evangelical Christians, um, actually are in, in usually in, in bedfellows with, um, as opposed to, uh, I don't know, some of the mainline denominations, Protestant denominations. Um, that's my two cents. Yeah, I don't know. I think that what it comes down to is this, and particularly if you want to look at abortion, because I think abortion is a clear-cut example of my philosophy on the thing. You have the law of the government that is ruling you, and that needs to exist only to the extent necessary to effect your rights. 
and protect them from other people. Uh, there are a number of things that the state is empowered to do that it should not do. Because what is happening is that the, you are using the coercive power of the state to do the thing. And I think of the state as a guy, and he's a brute. And he's holding a sack of money in one hand and a club in the other. And all he can do is spend money or beat you over the head. Right. There is no subtlety. And it, and it creates a, absurd and parasitic incentives in the people when you try to outsource, say, virtue and altruism to this guy. It's just a, a emotionless bureaucracy in a system that has a club and a sack of money. And you say, I want you to take care of grandma. Well, we need to pay money. Well, that's going to cost a lot of money. My sack's running empty. Bring out the club. Yeah. Pay more money. Ah, my sack is fuller. Ah, I can pay more money to take care of grandma now. Uh, aren't we so virtuous? Look, we voted for the people that wanted to club people to get their money to pay for grandma. Ah, it's not how it should work. You should take care of grandma. Not through the power of the state, but through voluntary action. Coming together and in the fabric of society and doing that without the coercive elements of state force. It, there's no virtue in taking care of the poor, or the elderly, or the infirm if it's coerced by law. It's just the yeah, law. No, I don't disagree that people should also take that upon themselves, but the, uh, if you adopt in this particular person, for, for instance, for this particular individual, uh, if you adopt a Christian worldview, then that, uh, by default, you, uh, you recognize that God has ordained governments to take care of its people and the people in government to take care of its people and so they have an obligation uh, to their people and to God uh, in order to do certain things and uh, you know it's to to, to, uh, uh, to live a godly to, 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 to govern godly and govern in righteousness and if not uh, you know uh, there's a handful of uh, examples in the <laughs> there was a handful of examples in the Old Testament, particularly with uh, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, uh, or Judea. What uh, Judah, Judea is the, the Roman uh, province. But uh, what happens to those governments when uh, they stray uh, from the Word of God? So, if you adopt a Christian worldview, then uh, you also recognize that all authority is through Jesus Christ. Um, and so, uh, I mean, that's uh, the whole, uh, that individual who said, uh, oh, this is great, bringing forth the kingdom of God, but, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's a separation of church and state, um, which is, uh, as far as jurisprudence goes, that's, I mean, I guess that's true since the, what, 60s? Um, not how it was historically. That's not how the country was founded. Uh, not what the founders intended um, as far as what they uh, that wall of separation uh, doctrine uh, kind of developed into 
Um, but it's it's kind of at odds as to the Christian worldview. It doesn't mean that you need to uh, to bludgeon people over the head with righteousness or virtue, but <clears throat> why not? We have criminality for for lying, uh, right? You can't do fraud. You can't uh, you can't uh, abuse uh, those who are uh, have like diminished capacity or frailty, like the elderly or the the um, the uh, intellectually disabled, uh, you can't do those things, and, and why not? Um, because they're bad. Well, why are they bad? You know, does law come from morality, or does morality come from law? Well, here's what I'll say to that. <laughs> when you have a king, or a uh, self-sovereign governing body yeah that rules and then imposes both moral and legal authority that that authority is uh, obligated to embody the virtues that they hold to be true from their conscience their conscience dictates the king conscience dictates what moral truth is and then must be embodied and enforced in the kingdom as the divine sovereign of whatever nation they govern. I would say that we don't have that anymore, thankfully, so that I don't have to abide by the morality dictated to me by, you know, Henry VIII or whatever. Right. But we have sovereignty of the individual. And so each of us, our own sovereign in the earthly governmental scheme, have decided to take for ourselves that power to determine for each of us what we is see the right moral in right. our own eyes. Yes. Exactly. I believe there's a verse in Judges about that, but continue. It's not to say that we're correct, or that each individual has the correct interpretation or moral conception for their own lives, but that we get to determine that, and that isn't able to be determined by another human on earth. I don't get to determine for you what is morally correct. Your own conscience must guide you, and if our consciences were in conflict and I thought what was right was wrong to you that it would be a crime for me to impose that upon you with the force of law I can't use the the brute of state to force you to conform to my conception of what is the moral truth in the universe outside of basic tenets of what enlightenment philosophers deemed natural light rights as you can read about in summary in the Declaration of Independence for example
Not to say that you or I are right, because we obviously disagree, so one of us is wrong at least. Yeah. Right? Well, it's interesting. So who well, is correct? It's interesting, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually fascinating when because you, uh, you, you bring up a point about uh, to have a sovereign, uh, you know, like a king or a queen ruling over and uh, particularly, and if uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, it's like an absolute ruler, um, or at least one with a lot more power than perhaps uh, good old Queen Elizabeth uh, over in England. Um, you know, when, when we talk about having uh, like a duty to the people and a duty to God, uh, and, and in that sense, we have a, you know, we have a democratic republic here. And so, uh, I don't know, I haven't done much. Yeah, I haven't done like much research or anything. Just you know, just quick thoughts. But if you know, holding to that line of thinking, like if we are our own rulers in that sense, you know, then we have, we have a duty of our to ourselves to uh, you know to elect officials. Um, you know, I don't know where the where the where the buck stops. There, it would be to to us in a way. So. Um, Maybe it's poetic. Maybe it's fitting that maybe <laughs> if we are our, if we do vote wrong, um, or if we elect the wrong officials, and then we suffer for that, um, or we, you know, and then I'm talking about it purely for a, a, for our listeners. I'm talking about from a from a Christian worldview. Uh, if you're not Christian, you can disregard this. Um, but uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, if you need to. <laughs> you need to read your Bible. Go to uh, Romans. Uh, that's where it talks about the sovereignty of God and, and, and uh, implementation of of the governments of the world. So, um, but that's all. That's the last point I wanted to make, Zach. Right, and I think that for the most part, uh, what I would say is, it doesn't uh, hurt you in carrying out your moral obligations to vote for people and elect leaders that will, you know, be governed in their own decision-making by whatever uh, convergent beliefs that you and them have. It is a wrong to use coercion to force people to do the right thing. Uh, I have to disagree, but we can move on. Uh, we outlaw murder. We can't. Murder is the wrong thing. Based on mean? a different kind of criteria. Should you help the poor? Do what? I mean, you, you should... Should you help the poor? They're yes, poor, they're starving, and they cannot get enough food to eat. You should, should help you them, yes. help the poor? All right. Should you uh, force people to help the poor? Yes... You haven't uh, helped the, right the poor. Thing, that's moral. That means you must go to jail. Right. I mean, it's the same. 
wouldn't it be the same uh, the same logical uh, should you punish should you punish is murder wrong yes should you go to jail for being for murdering yes you know you have a moral uh, you have a moral obligation to do X and if you do X to not do X or, or not do X uh, correct then why should happen I mean I don't know if I affirmatively burn down your house, we can distinguish that from me not uh, taking care of orphans. What? Should you take care of orphans? Yes, you should take care of orphans. Should you be forced to take care of orphans? Uh, you should. I should take place care of them in your home, and if you don't take care of them according to the dictates that I've established, using your own uh, yes. time and charity, yes, then you must Absolutely. go to jail. And we already do that. We do not. Yes, we do. We do not force people to take orphans into their homes. Uh, no, we don't force them to take care of, take orphans into their home. We don't we force, force them to take, take orphans into the home, and then if they don't treat those orphans that we force them no, to take not, to I a different standard, that is exactly what, what I asked. said. You said, okay. Should we help people stop using drugs? Uh, yeah. Should we force people to help people to stop using drugs? Should we help people? Should we force people using force the coercive brute of state to help people stop using drugs? Uh, if you don't help people to stop using drugs, you must go to jail. I mean, don't we do that already? We do not. I know it, no, we don't. Nobody we is sent to that. jail because they Through don't any. help people not use drugs. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought I thought uh, our tax dollars go to uh, certain uh, anti-drug, uh, drug prevention stuff. Uh, I thought that's what we do here. Maybe not. If you want to talk so about we taxes, we're talking about taxes. No. I'm taking a more direct example to help illustrate the no, point okay. that there is a distinction between two things. There is a distinction between what you must do to lead a moral life, a moral and upstanding life, and your responsibilities and obligations as a human being versus what the state should coerce you to do or mostly not do and say that if then if you do the bad thing yeah affirmatively if I burn your house down murder you steal your things then punishment, retribution for whatever philosophical and legal reasons that we impose those sorts of punishments on people versus if you don't do the good thing 
than the punishment. Not the same thing, not treated the same way, shouldn't be because of the nature of government, the state, and individual responsibility. If you follow me. It is inappropriate for the government to (laughs) mandate altruism and to enforce you leading a good life. And it deprives you of virtue for doing so. If you must go work at the soup kitchen for four hours a week to help homeless people get food because the law told you you must and if you and instead you would have otherwise done it because of your sense of obligation and responsibility to do so one of those things is good and the other is not good it is uh, there it provides no benefit if you're forced to do those things the whole uh, virtue related to it is that you take it on upon yourself. You take up your own cross and bear it to yeah, you could, sacrifice you could your own it. wants and needs in order to uh, contribute. You can still do your obligation. If, so if, if the government mandated that you go to a soup kitchen four hours a week, that's what you have to do. You still do that with a cheerful heart um, and, and uh, just be thankful uh, that you're serving. Uh, then you don't have to do it uh, all grumpy and, <laughs> and grouchy and stuff. Right, I'm not talking about the guy that wouldn't go for a cheerful horror. I'm talking about the guy that wouldn't go at all. He'd sit at home and smoke his Marlboro Reds, drink beer, and watch the ball yeah. game. Yeah. Whatever. That guy, there is no virtue in him doing it because he was forced to do it. The virtue is in when... That guy looks at himself and says, I am sickened by me. I must do better. And he gets up off the couch and he goes and sacrifices his own wants and needs in order to contribute. There is moral value in that. There is none in being forced to do it. Otherwise, you'll be punished. The state taking on taking on those roles deprives the society of creating the moral virtue itself. It takes it away and it rips it away from the individuals making these decisions that in themselves have moral value, but when coerced into doing it, are deprived entirely of it. You make a law saying that you must go to the soup kitchen for four hours a week to feed the homeless people. Yeah. It's no, not the same get, as if you didn't go. It's not the same. I get what you're, there is I get a what fundamental difference in those things. I get what you're saying. I just disagree with it. In what part do you disagree? Uh, the morality of it. So if you do something, uh, you do something and it is a good thing, that it deprives that from actually being a good thing. It deprives it of its moral value. It doesn't deprive it from being a good thing. When the town was being threatened by flood, 
disassociate. You say good, and that's a moral judgment, though. So yes, that's why I'm saying I disagree with it. But you're saying that there is a there is no difference in moral value between someone choosing to change their life and do what they must to aid society and people doing what they're coerced to do but for punishment it didn't no that's not what i was getting at that Uh, is what i'm talking about what is there to disagree with with that because if you're if you're the one if you're the one begging for food you don't care who gives you food if someone's talking about that guy okay no i mean like if you're uh but it does matter to him too if we want to talk about it from that side, if somebody's well, getting uh, fed just because they have to be fed because the law says, it's not the same as if they're being fed because they know the guy wants to help them. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a difference there, but I'm saying that someone, someone's getting fed who would otherwise not have been. But it's not the same. And when you force people through the coercion of the brute of state, it deprives those acts from their moral value. It is inappropriate to do that. And it steals from us what we would otherwise be able to have for ourselves if we were living appropriately. You can't outsource to the government morality because it takes that from you from being able to carry your own weight and tries to push it off onto some other some distributed other and takes it off of you you can't get rid of it that is not right I just I, I disagree with you. Just go <laughs> but what? based off of uh, Romans Romans one. Just go. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move read on. it to me. <laughs> Romans one. What's that say? I'm not gonna go. Oh, I can't do that. Hey, uh, we're way, way over time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, regardless of all of our problems, don't panic, everyone. Don't panic because the Japanese have invented literal Gundams. <laughs> yes. They, they have invented literal Gundams that are coming to battle evil for you. And I can't wait until the day these fine robot gentlemen are flying through the sky protecting... That'd be so sweet. <laughs> protecting us from whatever villains... This is uh, speeded up footage, but they even have articulating digits. Look at this. This is a giant robot. Yeah. Pretty Pretty impressive. I liked it. Who do you know anything about this, or is it just like is the Japanese government who's doing this, or is just some random billionaire? 
uh, Gundam Factory. I don't know if it has if it's associated specifically with the company that owns the rights to the Gundam trademark and all that sort of stuff, or what's going on. That's my guess. It's a toy company. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Google it. Whatever. I gotta go read Romans now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyway, folks, that's our show for tonight. We've run long, but I feel that the conversation was well worth the long run time. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us. Yeah, our uh, Twitter handles are located right below our pictures, and the Trigger Media uh, Twitter account is located right there in the middle. Oh, no, I can't, I can't see. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Subscribe to this video and uh, share, like. I'm sure you know somebody out there that would love to participate in this content. You may have seen that last week's episode, I had actually made time stamps so you can click to whatever topic might interest you and jump right to that part of the video. Maybe I'll do that again this week. We'll see. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, Zach. Thank I, you for doing that. I gotta rewatch an hour and a half of nonsense in order to do that. <laughs> That's our show for tonight, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we're still looking for a stage name, so comment below if you want to contribute to that. And as always, we hope you have a wonderful evening. Adam, do you have anything you want to plug before we exit the show? Uh. Speaking of giant robots like the Gundams, uh, I have a book. It's called Collateral Damage, and there's giant robots in that book, and they're fighting a giant monster. Uh, it's a pretty thrilling tale about a, a father trying to get his son in the midst of a giant robot and monster fight. So, uh, Collateral Damage, Kaiju Thriller. Look it up on Amazon, uh, and I think you'd really enjoy it. If you I like giant robots. Recommend Top 30 on Amazon. All right, folks, you have a good evening, and we will see you next time, Friday night.